Hey, are we recording? You're going now. I dropped the phone. Hey, it's uh, Monday morning, July 9th, 6.15 in the morning. I'm out walking, bud. I wanted to finish a podcast I was listening to, Willow Creek Church. I enjoy them quite a bit. Um, but yeah, it's hot and humid. This morning. Well, it's 83, which is cool, but it's also like 65% humidity, which makes a dew point like near 70. So it's kind of moist out here. And this will be a short podcast because I'm already halfway through and I'm heading home. But I wanted to finish up a, a message I was listening to. Pretty good. And last night, the reason I played it was that last night I listened to Henry Cloud. Henry's a psychologist that gets, usually does a couple of weeks guest speaking at uh, Willow in the summertime. And uh, he's also like a business consultant, leadership training guy. And uh, he's, he's uh, written quite a few books. He's most famous for a book called Boundaries, which is setting boundaries between people and just practical advice. And uh, so that's good. He's done, done well with that. And he also has a couple other books like Nine Things You Must Start Doing and something like Ten Things You Have to Stop booking, Doing. So it's like two different books. And um, the beginning of the nine things you must be doing was what uh, Henry calls deja vu people. So he's out and about dealing with lots of leaders, a lot of companies, consulting. <clears throat> and he, uh, he noticed that a lot of the leaders, the people that have been successful or on their way to being successful, have a lot of common characteristics. So he called it a deja vu moment. So he'd meet somebody and he'd be like, wow, that person reminds me of this person. And that person reminds me of this person and they're all successful. So what's the common denominator? So he wrote this book about what, uh, what deja vu or common people have together. I also listened to another podcast last night from LinkedIn of a aviation guy who's in recruiting senior management and so forth. And he interviewed another guy who is doing, who's also a recruiter or a consultant. And they talked about transformational leadership. So transformational leadership versus transactional. Interesting concept. It, and, um, you know, the question is like, are these learned behaviors? And I'm sure they all have opinions. What's nice is, is I don't have, and most of us don't have the opportunity to see five, six, seven, ten, twelve people who are authentically transformational leaders. People write about it and they're aspirational and people probably claim that they're so great. So it's interesting reading Henry Cloud even told a story about how he was advising a company on a recruitment and he was involved in the interviewing process and asked a candidate like so what are your greatest weaknesses and his response was kind of like he doesn't have any he's like such a superstar that he didn't have any and he recommended to the board members not to hire the guy but they hired him anyways because they probably his personality and was so forceful and dominant and his resume was uh strong and 
So they hired him, and then six months later, they found out it was a mistake. And so Henry had some good insight into that. There's a lot of humility. It's probably being more and more appreciated now. But uh, yeah, so probably out of 100 people in leadership roles, who knows? Maybe it's only 10% are really transformative leaders and so forth. Whatever that is, it's a framework, right? And, and when I read these books, and maybe you do too, it's like, well, how do I get there? Especially if you're like 25, 30, 35 years old. You're like, wow, this 55-year-old guy running this big company. He's transformational leader, blah, blah, blah. And he has all these people saying how the great leader he is. And that is truth. I mean, that happens, right? It's empirical data. But it's kind of like, how do these people get there and their stories? And we can't just suddenly become those people. We need to be our own outlier, gifted. That's where I see the spiritual come in. That we're not, you know, all these management, business books, gurus. They can describe what's happening. They can observe greatness, so to speak. And that Jim Collins guy, good to great, he can try to boil it down. Morning. Morning. And uh, so, uh, but that's an observation. It's observational, and then you build a framework around it and say, do this, do that. Even Henry Cloud's Nine Things You Must Do, uh, my favorite, you know, so it's good. One of my favorites is stop playing fair. That, that isn't so counterintuitive, and that's the kind of stuff I like. <laughs> I'm a contrarian, so I love counterintuitive comments. So stop playing fair don't play fair so you're thinking like well that that sounds pretty selfish that sounds really mean but then there's that's just the setup to the story and the story is henry was going to do a business deal with somebody and they went down to have you know getting close to finalizing the deal and um, henry was having lunch with the guy and the guy probably had been real successful. Maybe he was 10 or 20 years older than Henry and recognized Henry had a lot of value and he was a very good articulate speaker and communicator, psychologist, and just a regular good guy. So he didn't mind investing in Henry and doing some kind of business together. But what happened was at the lunch, the the guy, so Henry probably was looking for some financing and that's what the other guy provided. So he brought things to the table, right? And probably some leadership, too, and experience. But the guy said to Henry, he's like, look, you know, I uh, don't ever cross me, because if you cross me, then I will get even with you, you know, because he plays fair. Like, if you if you do something wrong, it's, it's tit-for-tat type of relationship. And then Henry backed off and said, well, wait a minute. I don't want to play fair. I want better than fair. So then it dawned on me. It's like what Henry's saying is like, hey, we all make mistakes. So there should be no, basically the guy in the power position was saying it's his way or the highway. And if you make a mistake, he's going to pin it on you. And uh, you're going to have to pay for your mistake. (laughs) 
So who wants to be in that kind of relationship, right? Nobody does, but we enter into those. Unfortunately, we enter into those relationships all the time. And I'm, I probably suck at identifying when I'm getting into one of those relationships. But, you know, when you need a job and you need income and you got to pay, you know, have your health insurance covered and stuff and quote-unquote do the right thing, you kind of enter into relationships without having much control over it. So there's kind of a compromise. Like, I'll take this salary and take these benefits in exchange for working for them and it may not be a unfair relationship or not playing fair relationship maybe a tit for tat or they'll discard you at a moment's notice or they'll blame you for it or put you uh put you down and so you end up being a joseph you know sold and sold by his brothers into slavery thrown in the pit going to jail doing good stuff, having these outlier gifts like Joseph did, which was reading dreams, told the king what his dreams were, but still stuck in prison. But whatever, that's Joseph. Good dude. Um, So yeah, um, it's better if we can enter in relationships where neither one of us are playing fair and that we reach out to others. So I highly recommend the book. It's Henry Cloud, good dude, and uh, also on Willow Creek Church in Chicago, you can see his latest presentation or message. It's a good one. And uh, and then Steve Carter's a young guy over there, and he's kind of taken over for Bill Hybels, very good communicator. And uh, the church is kind of going through or is going through a issue. And I'm in Arizona, so I'm glad I don't kind of have to. I like the church. I like the teachings. I feel good about what they're doing. I like Bill Hybels, in fact. But Bill got in, kind of got in trouble, so to speak, for behaviors from 10, 15 years ago. Who knows what? And I don't even want to know the details of anything. I, I, I feel like the guy has done, taught well, done good things. So it fits into my, my black slice model. So Bill Hybels has some kind of black slice. And we can love him anyway and forgive and move on. So hopefully, but it's intense when... A guy like Bill has had a position for 40 years building this church, and he was the charismatic leader, and and that's why individual personal transformation is so important. We can, out of the, you know, Bill's black slice, I would say, is pretty small. Maybe it's impactful, and it has a lot of headlines, and it's um, sensational and all this, you know, how could a pastor do, be accused of doing certain things and blah, blah, blah. But his complete body of work, his full circle, which is not black, had a lot of awesomeness in it. So I appreciate Bill, and I'm not going to discard his teachings and ministries just because of some recent events came to light. And I'm not going to judge the 
behaviors or events because we know from Scripture that we are all sinners, we all fail. Paul's the chief's chief um, sinner, worse than the emperor of Rome. And yet Paul didn't behead anybody like Sir Thomas More in England in 1500s. No, he burned people at the stakes or allowed them or supported that. What a great guy, Thomas More. A man for no seasons. <laughs> um, inside joke. I don't really like that movie. And uh, it's, to me, it's amazing how he gets... Sir Thomas More gets elevated for standing up to King Henry VIII, who wants to break off from the Pope. And they claim it's like the, because he wants to divorce Anne Berlin or Anne Boleyn or something. It's like, whatever, dude, he's the King of England. Plus the Pope's been a total freak job for a thousand years. And uh, Thomas More, the whole movie is, paints him out to be this awesome dude because he doesn't think it's right for the king to divorce his wife and yet his real motivation is to please the Pope and he can't stand Martin Luther so that's what I think of uh, Thomas More. Good morning. morning. Good, good. Come on, bud. So it's that's like the perfect movie for revisionist history. You know, you can watch the movie. It'll lead you down the path to what an awesome dude Thomas More is. He gets his head cut off at the end, and you feel sorry for him. But you can Google him and find out that he had people burned at the stake. So I don't feel too sorry for the dude. So anyways, enough on Thomas More. Anyway, so yeah, Bill Hybels good thing um, they're not perfect either and Steve Carter I like him good messengers but he I just heard it again this morning he says this talks about that we can be fully devoted to Christ and I think that's a, a bar set too high because I think the Galatians 5 standard is choosing to walk in the spirit or choosing to walk in the flesh and that's what we we battle with every moment. So are we gonna live in the flesh, our ego, defend ourselves, be right all the time, or realize that we have black slices and be humble and that we'll never be perfect and we'll never be fully devoted to Christ. And that's not what he wants. He doesn't wanna sit back, judge us, and go, okay, you're finally fully devoted. No, he wants a relationship with us that's why I call it the great relationship. And we have to walk in it. And I keep seeing walk all the time. Of course, they didn't have cars back in Paul's day. So we're to walk in the Spirit. And we will not always be in the Spirit. And um, so today is the first day of... Here's a total switch in gears. Today is the first year of chemo. So we're going to have like six or eight chemotherapy things. And this is probably where my wife's going to suffer the most. She's had 10 days of radiation, which weren't too bad. And now we go into this phase. And uh, 
cancer is interesting. You don't know. It's, it's Again, it's the judging people by the outward appearance. You can look at somebody and see them and think, well, outwardly they look awesome, but inside they might have real physical cancer. Or what I am an advocate for is we have emotional and spiritual cancers that are eating us alive. So why do we judge people so harshly? We make so many stinking opinions about we think we know what someone's motivation is or what's going on in their life, and we don't know. We have such baggage from our families that go back whatever old age you are. It's all baggage that influences your behavior and brokenness. It's part of your black slice, and um, we all got it. And we kind of want to put makeup on it, hide it for those six seconds of of uh, interaction with somebody, so they'll judge us in a nice way. And uh, so, yeah, I would think if I was going to write a little note to Bill Hybels, I would go to First Corinthians four, the first few few uh, verses, and remind Bill that even Paul cares very little if he's judged by others and uh, he doesn't even judge himself but that doesn't make him innocent it's the Lord that judges him so that's my message to Bill Hybels and it's a good message to all of us don't judge each other let's love each other and the final thought, the final, absolute final thought of the day. So I had to Google, like, love everyone always. I heard that back and turns out in 2016 because I had to Google it. So if you Google love everyone, comma, always, you will see Willow Creek Church 2016. Now, Bob Goff has been a speaker at Willow before, and I like Bob Goff. But 2018, two years later, he's got a book like Everyone Always, which is or Everybody Always. So I can't, I don't know who originated the term love everyone always. And I guess it's a case of like, do I care? It's a great message. Whether it's Bob Goff or Willow Creek Church or what have you. So that is the message of the Bible. And Buddy's getting his feet washed. Hey, buds. Let's shake the dust off your feet. And come on out. There you go. And then I gotta dry off your feet. Oh, buds. Let's get your feet dried. So, short podcast today. Um, I think I will... What was I gonna... What was the biggest takeaway? I hit like three or four topics. Um, probably was like, don't, I like don't play fair. So I think I'm going to title this episode, don't play fair. Because it's provocative, right? It's like, Whoa, what do you mean don't play fair? And uh, it's a good message. And uh, give my props to Henry Cloud. Because uh, good dude. Good, good concepts.
There you go, bud. All right, everybody, it's Monday. We're doing uh, chemo today. Have a great, have a great day.